Samuel chapter 30. If you could stand for the reading of the word, we appreciate that. We're not going to keep you long. We're to, we, I, told you, I told you once before, we don't like long-winded preaching, Brother Darren. We don't like long-winded preaching, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all like long-winded preaching? Oh, y'all say it. <laughs> long as they're saying something, huh? Amen. I've heard some preachers get up and preach. The best thing they said was a text. <laughs> Hopefully that's not that way tonight, Brother Corey. <laughs> Lord, help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I do appreciate what the Lord's doing in Benjamin and uh, appreciate your prayers. Continue to pray for him. And uh, God's working, isn't he? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for this church, these pastors, Lord, these people, God. I pray, Lord, that you anoint your servant tonight, God. Lord, I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost that destroys the yoke. God, I want to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. First Samuel chapter 30, going to begin reading in verse number 1 tonight. If you have that, say amen. Amen. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives by the Amalekites, is who it is. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, listen to this, until they had no more power to weep. I could preach right there for a moment, the day your tears ran out. They wept until there was no more power in them to weep. That's a trial, brother. You hear me? And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahionim, the Jezreelitist, Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. What a change. Because of the soul of all the people was grieved, every man of his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself. Hallelujah. In the Lord his God. Hallelujah. He didn't say the Lord God. He said the Lord his God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. He said, and David said to Abathar the priest Ahimelech's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord and saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. Hallelujah. And without fail recover all. So David went and he and his 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Bezor where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued and he 400 men for 200 abode, listen to this, 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. You could be seated tonight. 
Now, this afternoon I was praying and just meditate a little bit upon this message. And I, I could title it three different points here and probably go three different directions. I might bring out some of it. We could preach a little bit tonight on burning your ziklag. Or we could preach a little bit on the day your tears ran out. But I want to go to that last verse. It said those 200 men could not cross Bezor because they were so faint. Crossing Bezor. You'll see where we're going with this in a moment. But if you notice the Bible says in verse number 6, says that David was greatly distressed. Have you ever been there? That word distress there in that particular verse, it means that he was pressed. He was vexed. He was in a great trial. He was discouraged. Amen. This was a trial that David, I, I want to believe that if you read the story of David, and I love reading about David, it's a story about this, this trial that he's in. He brought some of that upon himself. And we'll explain that. But he's in a great trial here and he, he's, he, he, he faces a situation in this trial here that none of us would want to face in our lives right now. David did not have that verse in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He didn't have that verse. Paul wasn't even alive at this particular time. But, but when I, I want to ask the question, when we read this story here about David and, and his family has been brought into captivity by the Amalekites, and, and you wonder, how did David get to this position right here? How did he get here in this situation, this trial that he's facing? Amen. You got to go back to a, a few chapters there and read in 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse number 1. This is what David, he said in his heart. He said, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me anymore in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. He had been running from Saul like a vagabond. I mean, Saul has chased him down on several occasions. Amen. He, he, Saul was jealous of David. We know the story there. But David got to a point in his life, he, he, fear had gripped his heart. He got so discouraged in the state of the battle that he said, oh, I'm going to go under the land of the Philistines. I'm going to get away from Saul so he won't have he won't be able to get a hold of me amen he thought within himself I'm gonna die by the hand of Saul listen to me he said one day I may perish by the hand of Saul what David said in his heart was contrary to evidence hang on 
How come he didn't tell himself? Like he told Saul, that servant killed a, killed a bear and a lion. This Philistine will be no different. But now he's in the midst of a trial. He's running for his life. Oh, this is not the same David that stood up against Saul and said, Oh, uh, you, this, this, I'm a shepherd. Amen. I slew a bear and a lion. That's not the same David that we read about. Oh, can I tell you, church, uh, we, every one of us go through those times. Amen. David is failing to look back and see what God has done in his life. Oh, listen, if you're in the midst of your trial right now, if you're facing hell and high water, why don't you look back a little ways, Brother Eddie, and see what God has done. I'm telling you, every one of us has got a testimony. I need some volume a little bit, Brother Casey, right there in the monitors. Oh, David. He's speaking these words in his heart. It was contrary to evidence. We're talking about the young lad that ripped a lion and a bear with his hands. Amen. Who took the sling. You know the story. And he slayed Goliath. But now he's running for his life. Amen. He's fearful of Saul. The battle of running from Saul, it got rough for him. Amen. David's hope of one day succeeding to a high position had ebbed away. Amen. Wherever David was turning, He's seen peril. He's seen defeat. He's seen discouragement. Amen. David is supposed to be anointed king. But all kings don't go through this. We don't go through this. He lost heart in the battle. But David was leaving the most important person out of his life. It was God. It was the Lord. Amen. There's some trials that I've been through in my life. I put myself in them. Amen. I said, there's some trials. And you know, in the ministry, been in the ministry for 34 years, there's been a few roads that I've gone down that I had to back out of. Amen. Oh, there's been some, but there are some trials that I've been through. I didn't put myself in them. It was the enemy of hell trying to stop the will of God, trying to stop the plan of God. Amen. I don't know what type of battle you're in, what trial you're in right now. You may have put yourself in that situation. Oh, but oh, let want to let you know I just read in Psalms chapter 23 that his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life hallelujah I've been reading about Jacob you remember when he deceived his father he robbed his brother of the birthright and he fled to Laban's house and he had a dream before he got there brother Jacob what did he see I'm talking about a thug laying on the ground and he looked up and he saw a ladder I know that may be Christ, but the Lord spoke to me the other day. That's God's grace reaching down to somebody that has messed up. My God, let me see that ladder of grace. I need it. You understand what I just said? Been reading about Jacob. He's running from the plan of God. He done messed up, stole his birthright from his brother. And we preach many times, Brother Jacob, that ladder is Christ. But I saw the grace of God in that. That's what I saw. I've been there where Jacob's at. God's grace will follow you, honey. No matter where you go, I remember 
I, I probably told this story. I'll tell it a hundred times probably. I backslid and got away from the Lord. It wasn't last week either. Hello? It wasn't two weeks ago either. You ain't got to backslide every, every weekend. Woo, I love the way you're looking at me. But I, I remember I, I, I got saved. And most of you know I got saved at Camp Victory. Brother Heath, we had some good old days at that place, brother. I'm telling you, isn't that right, Brother Keith? Man, I remember having camp meeting with the Andrew brothers. I don't know if any of y'all remember them. They were brothers preaching a camp meeting. I'm telling you, that old, that old tabernacle, Sister Linda, I mean, old wooden floor. I remember the Holy Ghost coming down in that place. Oh, if you listen to that tape, you can hear a shattering going on. They're shouting. They're running. Amen. But, oh, listen, I got saved at old campground there at youth camp. Oh, hallelujah. But I know there's a time that I got away from the Lord. I drifted from God. Amen. I, I couldn't handle the pressure, the peer pressure. Amen. Listen, don't, don't, don't cast your stones at young people what they got to deal with today they deal with more than what we've dealt with as teenagers but oh I remember hey man I'm going to a Halloween party I'm dressed up like an Arab y'all heard this story I got a, I got a towel wrapped around my head <laughs> I got, a, I got one of them robes on. I wouldn't dare dress like that today. Hello? I know you're live stream. It don't matter to me that most people know me. Hallelujah. Hey, man, but I, I'm going to a Halloween party. I'm backslid away from God. I'm running from the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sitting in the passenger side with my buddy. Hey, man, we're doing a few things we ain't supposed to do. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, uh, well, you know, when you backslide, you start picking up that old life. Hey, man, uh, whether you smoke cigarettes or you smoke dope, it don't matter. If you backslide, you're going to pick up that old life. Somebody shout, Hallelujah. And you might end up seven times worse than what you were before you got saved. Oh, God. But I'm sitting in that passenger side. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting at a red light facing this way on Gulfway Drive in Port Arthur, Texas. And I've seen this car shoot through there. Turn right there in front of us. And I looked. It was some of the saints that went to the church here. I said, you got to be kidding me. I don't remember who it was. I, I, they, I mean, they just passed. I would have to be in the car at the front row. And they in the light, I get stopped by a red light. Here comes that, whoever's in there, might have been you, Brother Keith. I don't know. It probably, I don't know. But I know it's some folks from Victory. They were turning down that road at Gulfway Drive. And all of a sudden, conviction hit my soul. I said, conviction hit me. I looked over my buddy. I said, take me back home. Amen. Oh, I ain't going to no Halloween party. I, I, he said, what's wrong with you? You wouldn't understand if I told you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is dealing with me. Thank God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that'll deal with this church. But you get tired in the battle. You get tired of fighting peer pressure. Even as a preacher, you do. 
I'm just going to be open book tonight. Though. Amen. This is where David's at. I'm not saying he's backslid, but he's running because the fear's got a hold of him. He's lost heart in the battle. He's leaving the most important person out of his life, God. That's what I did. When you get away from God, you leave him out. Amen. I told you before I started, this is my life. This is a life. I wake up thinking about Jesus. <laughs> I go to bed thinking about Jesus. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. When I, when I get at the restaurant and I get my food, I think about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Why, it's all about him, church. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I don't want to leave him out in anything of my life. I want him to lead me. Oh, where he leads, I will follow. Where he leads, I will. Will you follow him tonight? I'm telling you, he's leading somebody, but you won't listen. Oh, God, help me, Lord. I'll try to get calm here in a minute. That all right? Now, if I was younger, I'd be out that front door right now. David, he was afraid he was going to perish in the hands of Saul. But you know what you thought? You read about David, he could have took Saul out twice. Amen. He got caught in that cave. He took it. Now, the transgenders were like this. David cut his skirt off. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Amen. They, they may walk, but if, you, if you're a man, you come wearing a skirt in this place, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pray for you. You might have got saved this morning. <laughs> There'll come a time you're gonna deal, God's going to deal with that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. David caught him. He, he snuck up on him and stole his spear from him. He could have killed him twice. But now he's running from him. Now he's afraid of him. David, what are you doing? He's so afraid, he goes in the land of the Philistines and he joins, he joins band with him, the king of Gath, which is Achish. He, he becomes his buddy, amen, if you want to say that. Achish is the one that gave him Ziklag. Oh, he, he, you know, he just thought David, uh, he, he's going to be his servant. He called King Achish, who was the king of Gath. David thought, I'll be your servant. The Bible said, I'm laying something down here, hang on. The Philistines went out to fight the Israelites. David's been joined up with King of Gath for about a year now. And David says, I'm going to go out and fight with you, King. Now he's going to fight his own people. He's running from Saul. He's joined up with the enemy where the, the giant that he had slew was their champion. Now he's done joined ranks with the enemy. You don't want me to preach there a while, do you? He's done joined ranks with the Philistines. He told the king, he said, listen, he said, I'll come up the rear. So they went out to battle. They got out there close to that battlefield. Some of them Philistines looked back and they seen, what's this Hebrew boy doing here with us? What's he doing with us? He don't belong here. You see, David put himself in that position, church. He shouldn't have joined ranks with the enemy. God didn't call us to join ranks with the enemy, right? Amen. 
And all the princes went to the king of Gath and said, listen, you better tell that boy to go back home. Hey, man, he, he's not, he, he, not going to fight with us. We'll get on the battleground there. He'll see his people out there. He'll turn against us. Hey, man, isn't that David where they sang unto him, Saul killed his thousands, David killed his ten thousands. Isn't he the one? Yes, he is. Hey, man, you tell David he's got to go back home. David didn't understand. He turned around. He made three. Here's my point. He made a three-day journey back to Ziklag. He's going back to his family. You hear that? He's going back to his wife, his children. His 600 men have left their children there, have left their wives there, and they're going back. And the Bible says it was a three-day journey. And when they got there, they looked and they can see the smoke belling out of that little town called Ziklag. Oh, they didn't know what had happened. Oh, when they got there, they noticed that Ziklag had been burnt down to the ground. Church, hear me tonight. A man had been burnt down. His wives are gone. The children are gone. There's nothing laying there but ashes. I said, nothing but ashes. Amen. Oh, I read that story so many times. I'm wondering, did God allow David Ziklag to be burned for a reason? Amen. To get his attention. Oh, I said, to get his attention. Sometimes God allows your Ziklag to be burned. Amen. To get your attention. Oh, when you run from him, when you walk away from him, oh, he may allow. And I don't plead this on anybody. I don't wish it on anybody. But sometimes that's the way God works. That's the way his love is. Take a man, a preacher. You get caught in adultery. God will burn his ziklag. But you better thank God for your mercy. He'll burn your ziklag. Number one, the reason he burned his ziklag, he didn't put a guard to guard his family. You hear me, church? What was taken? His family. They didn't care less about anything else. Their wives and their children are gone. Hallelujah. I believe, I believe God spoke to me, church. I'm telling you, you're going to see here in a minute. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, he didn't set a guard up. He didn't, David, David was always one that guarded his family, his city. But for this reason, for some reason, he didn't set up the garrison to guard his family. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, mom and dad, we've got to guard our family in this hour. I said, we've got to set up a garrison that said devil you can't have my family oh I may be involved in something else don't you get so caught up in the business of life and you forget about your family you better put a guard around them I said you better guard them hallelujah I told that church told that church, I said, this is what I believe right here. This is the order I believe in. God first, family second, ministry third. I just lost some of you. The Bible says if the bishop can't rule his house, maintain his house, how can he lead the house of God? If I lose my family, I got to set a guard. 
I said, I got to set a guard, church. I, I, can't, I don't want God to come in and burn my sick leg. I know some of you may have just got in way just you just got saved amen oh hallelujah I'm telling you the reason some folks lose their families if they take down the guard they quit going to church they quit praying they quit getting a hold of God and guess what Ziklag ends up getting burned hallelujah you need to guard your family church oh my God help us amen you say preacher you're too spiritual I'll tell you the devil is after your children he's after them he's after them some of you sitting here mom and dad didn't guard that room y'all getting quiet on me it hit me this afternoon brother Jacob he didn't set a garrison up to guard that family Do I? no I ain't got a perfect family but I can tell you one thing, I've guarded my home. I ain't let the devil come in there, brother. He didn't come through the living room. Hello? He didn't come through the, he, oh, help me, Jesus. He didn't come through the music in my house. Come on, hallelujah. He didn't do that. Well, you're a preacher. That's what, no, sir. He, he may, Benjamin may have listened to Conway Tweedy out in his car, but he didn't listen to it in my house. I sure like the way I'm preaching right now. You better set a guard. Oh, are you preaching with me, Brother Keith? Am I preaching the truth? I'm telling you, hallelujah. God needs to get a hold of us. The reason some of you have lost your children, you didn't set a guard in that house. Go start the car, honey. We got to get here quick tonight. I can preach like this. It's the truth. I ain't going to send them to that camp. I may have told this story. I'll tell it again. We just having truth retreat just like we're having this weekend. I'm pastoring. I'm in that van. Got those kids in that back of that van. I asked some of the young people. I said, where's, sis, where's so-and-so? Well, their mama said they couldn't go. I said, how come? She said she ain't spending $40 for her kids to spend a night just for one night and go to church. How many know those kids ain't going to lie? You want to find out about people's houses, just ask the children. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I, uh, when, I didn't say nothing. Sister Linda, I'm driving that van and smoke's coming out of my ears. Oh, they can see my face turning red. Oh, hallelujah. I'd have paid for every dime of them, Brother Andrew. I'd have paid if it costs $100. Can I tell you, that same mama tonight has got a lesbian in her house. I said she's got a lesbian in her house. Why? She didn't guard the house. My $40 is worth a baby praying through and getting full of God. Woo. I'm glad I ain't getting no offering tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. David didn't guard it. I see he didn't guard it. Amen. And some of you saying, Brother Torbert, you better not preach like this if you're going to pastor. <laughs> Amen. I won't. Not for about a week anyway. You ain't got to worry. I'm the youngest one there, so I ain't got to preach like that here. But God's helping us. 
Brother Aaron, you and Sister Carrie better guard that house. You got, you got something precious fixing to come. You better guard it. It's imperative. I want to, David, it grips my heart when I read that story. And the Bible says they begin to weep the day the tears ran out. Amen. I said the day the tears ran out. I don't want to even go there, but I could. They talked about stoning David. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Even in spite of my foolishness, in spite of my silliness, my fleshly desires, God's mercy has been there. God's mercy has been there. Now some of you done got sitting down on me right now. Amen. You can shout with me in a moment. Hallelujah. In spite of it, the Bible says David turns back to the one that he should have been dependent upon in the first place. They're going to stone him, Sister Annie. David. David makes a mistake. Who hadn't? The men, they turn against their leader. That's why you better have a relationship with God. People will turn against you down the road you'd never dream of. Hello? I'm following this man because he's got the anointing on his life, brother. Let me tell you something. The anointing flows. I told that the anointing flows this way. It don't flow this way. Go to Psalms 133. Says it's like the, the anointing's like the precious oil that run down from the head onto the beard, onto the skirt. Amen. Of that high priest. That's the way it runs. If you get under that head, you get under that vision. And I believe most of you are. Get under it, church. God's got something great for Victory Temple. God's doing things great right now. But you gotta get under the anointing. Well, you gotta get under the vision. Where all oh, now they wanna slay the vision. They wanna slay the anointing. can't slay the anointing. David would have whipped all 600 of them. You hear me? Why? Because he's anointed, Sister Mary. You better be careful when you touch God's anointing. Woo, hallelujah. David could have killed Saul. He's weeping. He said, shall I pursue? Pursue. Shall I go? Shall I pursue? Am I going to recover all? Oh, are we going to defeat the enemy? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's been talking to me the last couple of weeks. Oh, God spoke to David and said, you pursue. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't speak to the 600 men. He spoke to the man of God. He said, you pursue. Hallelujah. He inquired, give me a man that will inquire of the Lord. I'll follow him. I said, oh, devil can't stop him. Devil can't hinder him. He may try, but I'm going to follow the man that God is talking to. My God. I didn't preach this way last time I preached it. Help me, Lord. God, help me. I'm going to follow him. Now, I'm not saying he's a dictator. But listen, 
God said, go. Boys, you coming or not, I'm going. Ooh, hallelujah. You, you, I'm going. God said go. God said go, Brother Corey. You got to go. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. God said step out on faith and start that business. I really believe God's going to bless you, son. I believe that. Amen. You want to do a work for God. Go. Hallelujah. You will recover all. Oh, just go in faith. Am I too long? Am I too long, Brother Andrew? You ain't went to sleep yet. I was in a meeting last week with one of the longest-winded preachers I've ever known, Brother Mark Hatfield. Poor thing. He wasn't preaching. He was just in the meeting. And the Brother Whitley got up there. The preacher was preaching, got up and picked on him about being long-winded. Poor brother. That, that's his character, brother. He's long-winded. Yep. You can sit there in an hour and a half and you don't even think you've been there for 30 minutes with Mark Hatfield. But anyway, pursue. Wish I wouldn't have this in a way I'd be pursuing right now. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, help me, Lord. I, I, I fluctuate. Now, y'all, y'all, y'all ought to be proud of Sister T. She's been on a diet. She had lost five pounds. <laughs> but she gained one back yesterday. And listen, she, she ate less. She loves to look at me and say, it ain't working. That's my honey over there. Simply saying, I'm going back to eating my sugar donuts. Are y'all with me? I know she's trying to use psychology on me. Oh, honey, you're looking good. You don't, look at that, that blouse is, is loosening up on you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Pursue. David took his 600 men. I'm going somewhere with this. I done lost, I ain't even having an altar call now. You forgive me, honey. She going to lock the door before I get home. <laughs> I'm gonna and I'm going to lock the donuts up. That's right. No, we ain't got no, we eating fruit. I'm eating fruit. I'm trying to get to my point. <laughs> Listen, pursue. David takes those 600 men. He makes a journey to where those Amalekites are. And he comes to a brook called Bezor. I said, he comes to a brook called Bezor. And 200 men said, we can't cross it. They said, we are so faint, we cannot cross that brook. Amen. You don't see, you don't hear David saying anything, really. But David knew God spoke to him and said, you go pursue. You talk about get discouraged. I had 600 now, I only got 400. There was more than 400 across that brook. 
Because 400 men fled on camels. There was a part of the Amalekites in that story there. But all David didn't say anything. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. That word, Bezor, you look it up. It means a turrent bed of water. It was a, it was a highly rapid. Uh, during that season there, the waters were high. The rapids were, were forceful. Oh, and these men, they come up to that river there, that Bezor brook and said brother Heath there's no way we can cross this we done wept out every tear we done cried our way our emotions are zapped our, our mentality is zapped we can't do it anymore oh but David had something inside of him church I said David had something inside of him it was a faith in his God amen you may be at that Bezor right now let faith arise up in you you can cross it I said you can cross you can go forth amen but I'm faint preacher I'm tired I'm wore out but oh listen to God in you will give you the strength he'll give you the strength to go across that whatever your bezoar is God's wanting you to cross it tonight hear me whatever that bezoar is whatever that torrent bed is you ever come up to that Bezor before? These men that did not go across, they were, I believe, in my opinion, were some of the older men that ran with David. And all their strength was gone. Amen. They got to a point, Sister Carolyn said, I can't cross that. Who in the right mind have a wife and a child across that brook and would not cross it? You hear me? I'm telling you, I drown if I have to, to go get my boy. Go get Ashley. Would you do that? Amen. But I'm wore out. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Steve and Sister Sandy, you're at Bezor right now. I'm telling you, you're at Bezor. I know that. Oh, those children across that brook. And you're at that place of fainting. I'm tired of being weary. Oh, but God, come here, Brother Stephen. Amen. Get on up. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe those men were some of the oldest men. And I don't mean that disrespect. You're a little older than I am, right? You know what? I'm going to help you get across Bezor, though. I'm going to help you. Amen. I'm, I, he, got a, he got children. He got grandchildren across there. I'm going to help him get across. Oh, come on, church. I'm telling you, this is what we got to do. You got to grab the fainted one. You got to grab the tired ones and say, I'm going to help you. Go across Bezor. Oh, I'm telling you, church, God will help you. God wants you to get across. You can sit down. He wants you to get across. Y'all remember about a year and a half ago? <laughs> we got the diagnosis. I can tell you that first Sunday in this church, you can tell we were whipped. Some of y'all remember that? But this church got up under us. They got up under us. They got up under Benjamin. Oh, hey, man, you, uh, you don't, some of you may know the battle that we faced. Oh, 
Amen. Brother Jacob called him and said, I'm going to be fasting. My God. Oh, I'm going to be praying. Hallelujah. I got respect for a man that will do that for somebody else's child. You know what he was doing? I was fainting at Bezor. Sister T was fainting at Bezor. And she felt like she couldn't get across. But a pastor and a church, amen, lifted us up and carried us. Hallelujah. That's what the church does. Oh, you may be a Bezor right now. Somebody, a church is going to help you. A pastor is going to help you get across. Church helped us, Sister Tate. We come to be more than that. That turn, that bed of water was slowing Brother Smith down. But somebody went up under and helped her. I know she had a son-in-law and a daughter helping her. The church helped her. That's why you need the church. Don't say you can make it without the church. You can't make it without the church. and chemo with Benjamin those six weeks we ain't about to miss Sunday well, there been a few times I didn't want to come brother Corey but I knew if I can get with that church they can help me get across hallelujah oh Hey, man, if it wasn't for the church, sister, they, you don't know if you'd have made it. I know you prayed. God's helped you. Sometimes you ain't got a prayer in you. Hallelujah. Oh, but help us stay. So you got to cross Bezor. You know what Bezor means? It means cheerfulness. It means renewing. Oh, hallelujah. Look it up. That's what it means. Oh, the devil wants you to stop right there and give up and give up faith on God. But God's saying cross over. If you can't, we're going to help you get over. Oh, we're going to help you. Hallelujah. God's got victory for you on the other side. I got a lot of points. I got one more I want to share with you. You know what's across that brook? brook? David's wives and his children. That next generation is across that brook, honey. And the Amalekites has got them in captivity. I said the next generation is across that brook. David's next generation is across there. Oh, I ain't about to let the devil have them. I ain't about to let them, the kites, have my children. Oh, help me, Jesus. Somebody's got to cross that brook and rescue the next generation. Somebody's got to do it, church. Will it be you? Oh, hallelujah. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your grandchildren. You may be a brook breeze, but God's saying tonight, you're going to cross it. God's going to give you victory. Children across that brook. They got across. Y'all listening? Are you listening? They listening. Look at they on the edge of their seat. Woo, they know they go to a good church. They know they got a good pastor. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody asleep yet? I'll pull a James Routon on you. He throws phone books. I mean song books. I won't do that. Amen. Bezor. You come to that place, Brother Michael, you can't cross it no more. Every one of us has been there, Brother Gary. 
I can't cross it. I need some help. I need somebody to help me. Hallelujah. Help me get across that. Listen, this is what I want you to do right now. I want to pray for these two right here. I know God's wanting to help them. Amen. Those children across the Bezoar, there's a turret. Looks like there's no hope. How many of you got, how many of you got children across Bezoar you need God to rescue? Raise your hand right now. Ooh, hallelujah. That's that next generation. If we don't rescue them, we won't have a church, folks. We won't have a Pentecostal church. Somebody's got to be willing to rescue. This is what I want you to do right now. I know this message can hit every one of us tonight. And I done jumped all over the notes. Amen. But if you're at Bezor tonight and you say, Preacher, I'm weak. I need somebody to help me across this brook right now. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Come on. Hallelujah. I thought about your brother Eli this afternoon. But it had not been for the family of God helping me, Brother Corey, and my family. Oh, you see the preacher standing behind the pulpit. What a what a life. What a life. He's got the best of both worlds. Really? I can't tell you how many times I've been at Bezor. Brother Keith, you're there. Sister Anna, you're there. But God can help you across. That's why we need the family of God. You know what the greatest part about this story is? When David come back across, David began to share the spoil with those 200 men. And the men of Belial spoke up and said, they can't have that. All they can have is their wife and their children. David said, no, sir, we're going to set a, a law right now. We're going to share the spoil with them because they stood by the stuff. That's another sermon. I want you to come if you're standing. I want you to come and stand right now. Come on. God loves you tonight. Cross and Bezor. Just face this way. You can face this way. Hallelujah. I'm faint. I'm tired. I'm weary. 